Welcome to the Rockish George podcast. I'm your host, George Dion, and this is episode 92. Thank you for tuning into the podcast through our website, rockishgeorge.com, or through our YouTube page, at rockishgeorge, or on one of the many podcasting streaming apps, or at theloudest.com on the planet, knac.com. My guest for this episode is Jeremy Edge. He is the founder and mastermind behind the Jeremy Edge Project. He has a fantastic new double album set for release in two parts. The name of the album is Saints and Souls. Volume 1 drops on December 23rd. And Volume 2 drops on February 2nd, 2023. I had the chance to pick Jeremy's brain about this ambitious double album and find out more about his band. So here's Jeremy Edge of the Jeremy Edge Project. If I knew absolutely nothing about the Jeremy Edge Project, how would you describe the band's music to me? Um, I think I would describe it as something that seems old and familiar, but still new and fresh. Something sort of, you know, from sounds like it could be from the early 70s, um, but with a little bit of modern influences, too. Now, this project was born as a side project from your other band, Candlelight Red, in 2020. How did the Jeremy Edge project, uh, What? how was it born? Yeah, actually, I would say before that, I mean, Candlelight Red effectively ended around 2013-14. Uh, although we did a few reunion shows, we did a reunion EP in, um, last year, actually, um, uh, but no, I've been doing this, um, me and at least me and John and Ray have been doing this since 2017. Uh, but we went under a different name and we had a female lead singer. Um, and we did a three song EP. Um, and then we went and did a, a full length album. And uh, right before the album was finished, uh, the singer decided to kind of leave music and go back to school and, and finish some things up. So it was kind of, you know, it was very amicable, but it kind of put me in a position of what do I do with this record? So um, the guys kind of pushed me. He's like, well, you know, you should just go solo, you know, and and that's kind of where that was born out of is, you know, it just kind of became my project because it was it was very much focused around guitar playing. And, you know, I had kind of the musical direction I wanted to go in. And so it was a natural progression, I guess. And it's completely different style of music than what you did with Candlelight Red. Yeah, um, I mean, but you know, since I've been playing guitar and playing in bands and stuff, it's it's not really a far stretch from what I've done over the years. It's just you know, I I did basically I had two bands that did modern rock, which was Candlelight Red, and before that, Backstreet Law. You know, and uh, and I've kind of done the stuff in between and kind of grew up on this music with two older sisters and a dad who was a musician. So. You know, that, I feel like it's always kind of been home is like the 70s rock and the bluesy stuff. And you mainstream rock has kind of been that that thing for a long time. It was, you know, in the early 2000s, it was that juggernaut of, you know, you really couldn't play um, rootsy rock stuff and, and expect to get a record deal or get on the radio. You know, you had to kind of tune the guitars down and dumb it down a little bit, you know, <laughs> and uh <laughs> And uh, so we, you know, we did that for a little while, but you know, that this is kind of, um, I think it's allowed me to kind of go back to being a guitar player and, and not have to be in that 
thing of expectation of hey is this heavy enough for rock audiences is this cool enough to be with the latest batch of things that kids are into or whatever and it's kind of like i don't care you know anymore <laughs> it's like i do what i want you know so on december 23rd you're releasing your sophomore album saints and souls is coming in two volumes volume yeah. one in december volume two in february this is quite an ambitious project i would say for someone only on their second album yeah it was extremely ambitious and um i think the way i talked myself into it is you know i grew up on vinyl you know like i said i had two older, older sisters and i sort of inherited their vinyl collection when i was a kid and you know i thought about all those artists like Jimi hendrix and deep purple and the beatles and zeppelin and, and you know in the, in the span of three five seven years you got these bands that put out an amazing amount of music like they do like two records a year and touring too and now it's kind of not unusual for some an artist to spend three to five years um between records and i just thought that was kind of yeah yeah it's just not it, it just doesn't jive with me you know um i think during the pandemic you know a lot of us had a lot of isolation a lot of time to think and it made me think of what do I want to do that is trendy and what's happening in social media do I want to pay attention to and what things do I want to say I don't want to do that that's not why I started doing this you know and I think we, we want to do is just put out a lot of great music in a short amount of time the album took about a year to do um, once we got it done, I was glad that we didn't just decide to listen to the music industry and say, hey, this is a singles market now, or are you recording more than three songs and and say, no, we want to put out a record. We want folks to have a listening experience, you know. When you say the the mu music industry uh, getting involved per se, uh, mm -hmm. did you intentionally want to put this out as a double album set and then we're convinced to break it up into a couple different releases sort of <laughs> uh, but it's sort of it's a lot simpler than that is that um i wanted this to be an album that was like a double album like the beatles wide album you open it up and there's a record on each side however if you want to get vinyl which we really focus this record to flow like a vinyl even if you're not listening to the record when we went for vinyl this time instead of four or five months turnaround they're saying things like yeah nine months to a year and some pressing plants are not even taking new orders because there's been such a vinyl explosion that people are backed up for a whole entire year uh so we finally found a plant in eastern europe that was willing to give us a 90 day turnaround as long as we adhered to a couple of design uh things we didn't get too crazy with the customization so you know uh so you could speed up the process so we ended up breaking it up in two volumes you know uh well sometime down the road if people like the record and we want to do an, a re-release a limited release that's two joined volumes um maybe um but you know it just kind of worked out it ended up being two separate volumes you know um but i, I think that's kind of cool because it gives people you know if they just want to check out volume one and sit with that for a little while and then you know volume two actually flows a little bit differently so you get a little bit a uh, sonic journey with that anyways
Absolutely. And the album Saints and Souls sort of has a theme delving into the folklore of uh, New Orleans and kind of the true stories of New Orleans, but really around the uh, celebrating the dark and the light. Uh, I was a big Zeppelin fan, and I always used to hear Jimmy Page say that their music was about dark and light and the contrast between the two. And and you can see that because they had like these monster jams, like whole lot of love and things that were just in your face. And then they had like Led Zeppelin three was like this, you know, had all this acoustic folk music and things going on. So there's always that contrast, you know, another band I liked that did that was Alice in Chains. You know, they had, you know, a, a big explosive first album. Then they did like a, an acoustic EP, Jar of Flies. And then they did, dirt which was another in your face rock album and it was showing you the light and contrast between uh different things that you can do um and but still be the same artist but it's two sides of a coin so i i thought that played in and also you know after candlelight red broke up i i i spent a lot of time i was kind of you know just didn't listen to rock music for a long time and i spent a lot of time in new orleans going and listening to different styles of music and listening to different players and um and there's a lot of culture there so I absorbed a lot of that and it got inspired by a lot of that um so it's not one of those things like me trying to say like hey i'm i was from here i was born here and it's not that at all it's just like hey this was um imagery and um stories and things that inspired me and and helped imagine what we were trying to create so with this dark and light theme is are they intertwined within each album or would you say one represent one volume represents light the other represents dark i would say the second volume is somewhat darker um but there is definitely light and shade and from song to song from album to album and we explore a lot of different styles and influences um there's a song on the first volume that's almost it's almost a Bob Marley inspired, you know, thing. It has much of a reggae feel. Um, and then it goes into a section, an end section that sounds almost like Sabbath, you know? <laughs> uh, and then you got, um, we have a, a, a gypsy swing piece on the second record, you know, a, a gypsy jazz type thing. Um, and it, it has kind of a dark feel to it. So yeah, it's, it's all over the map musically. Um, I think it all kind of sounds like me, but it, it's very it'll be interesting like the first record i thought was a little schizophrenic and i i thought people wouldn't accept that because people are looking for you to have like one specific sound and everything to kind of sound like that uh but it was well received and people liked the ver the variety and um, i'm hoping that people tend to still dig the variety and, and think that it helps things not to get very boring or predictable you have a single out now from volume one called Move On. Uh, if you want to talk a little bit about what inspired the uh, lyrics of that song. Yeah, so Move On, uh, basically, I just came up with a chorus, you know, I was looking for just a chorus to go with that riff, you know, and uh, and then, of course, from there, I said, well, what can this be about? And I said, well, it really, it should just be about some of the journeys that I've had as, you know, as a musician and as a person and um having to move on from situation to situation and also the traveling you know over the years i've done lots of traveling as a musician so it has lots of up and downs and 
um, things that happen with your interpersonal relationships because you're constantly gone and you're constantly moving. Uh, but it's also kind of like a celebration of like the gypsy spirit of just, you know, being uh, free to move around and explore things and go on new adventures. Also featured on the track is Derek Sherinian of Sons of Apollo and formerly of Dream Theater. Is this someone that you've worked with before or did you answer his Facebook ad when he was advertising during the pandemic? Uh, sort of that. Actually, we started talking during the pandemic and we had just released a record and he listened to the record and said that he really liked it. And we just kind of chatted back and forth about music a little bit and was like, well, oh, keep in touch. And then I figured like, oh, he's like, like you said, I probably said, well, he's probably just looking for work and blah, blah, blah. And, and then, you know, he saw me posting that I was working on new music and stuff. Like a year later, he like messages me and he said, Hey man, are you send me some stuff to listen to. What are you working on? And then, so we just kind of worked it out where he plays on two tracks on the record that I thought were certainly up his alley, you know? And, um, and I think he helped make those tracks kind of, you know, get them over the finish line of where they needed to be, you know, because he's a great, definitely a great player. And, um, and I, I'm a big fan of that, that whole deep purple John Lord thing. And, uh, and he can just do that, you know, I think as well as anybody else can ever do it. Are you planning another single from volume one? Uh, possibly. I think we're going to see what it goes. I do have a, a single from volume two planned for February and we shot a music video for it. And it's called Coral Castle. Um, and it, it's a lot, it's probably the mellowest tune on all of the CDs. Um, and that song is has more of like an R&B flavor to it. It's almost kind of like Robin Trower and Robert Cray meets Sade. <laughs> you know, something, it's, it's, it's a little different. I mean, I mean, it has good, you know, some distorted guitar in there too and some leads and stuff, but it's very laid back and groovy and, uh, so that that's going to be for February, but right now we're getting uh, some pretty good feedback from Move On. It's kind of uh, uh, it, I'm pleasantly surprised because it is a song. I think it sounds a lot like Old Deep Purple, which I'm into, um, along with some Rolling Stones and some other you know '70s stuff, R&B stuff in there too. You know, we've been had good feedback so far. So I hope people are I hope people dig the whole record. So is the Coral Castle something inspired from a structure in New Orleans or is it metaphor? Uh, it's both because I, I read about, I got the idea for the title because I read about this story of about this guy in Florida who built a castle made of coral because uh, the guy actually went crazy. I guess like he got stood up at the altar and waited for the woman to return of his whole entire life out of psychosis, but he built this these enormous structures, and people don't really—it's like a, a supernatural mystery. Like they don't know why or how he was actually able to move all these structures by himself. So the, it's it's kind of cool when you read about that, you know. And I'm that's something I'm kind of interested in. Um, but I took the idea of the whole thing and kind of put that into a context as, as if you had like a couple. Of, you know, fictional characters, and one of them is kind of asking someone to like leave a bad relationship or an unhappy relationship, and seeing if they'll actually do it. And said, so, "Won't you just pack your things, just meet me, and we'll go away somewhere, and we won't tell anybody where you are." You are, you know. 
Um, and that that's sort of like the uh, the theme behind the song, you know. Some of the tracks from both albums were mixed by Kevin Shirley, very uh, famous uh, producer, mixer. He did Black Country Communion, Black Crows, Joe Bonamassa, and as heavy as Iron Maiden. Uh, how did you get uh, hooked up with Kevin Shirley? I was a fan of his for a long time because I'm a fan of the Bonamassa stuff and the stuff that he's done with his side projects too. Um, and I'm a big fan of like, I think my favorite Zeppelin album is how the West was won. And he kind of remixed that and brought that back to life. Um, uh, he mixed the live album live at the Greek with Jimmy page and black crows. Um, so I knew of him from that and was a pretty big fan of his work. And, you know, another thing like during the pandemic, social media, there was a, a short spurt of time where he was say, you know, he went, and just kind of said hey if anybody's got some indie stuff to send me i got a little bit bit of time to check it out and he had time to do a couple songs so i sent him a couple songs and and he was like yeah i'll do it you know you know give me a couple days and then he spat it right back out and i'm like yeah this sounds great sounds like kevin shirley so um that was very cool coral castle was one of those songs um and um, the first track off the record, um, No Way Home, was mixed by him. Uh, he also mixed um, the song that, what was it it's called? It's called um, Slow Breeze. And th this is the really interesting thing that had to happen is he mixed that. And then when I took the song to the mastering engineer, the mastering engineer pointed out a lot of things that were in the track that he thought we should fix and i'm going uh i really can't do that he said well try so basically i had to pull up kevin's mix and try to mix the song myself and mixed it and a beat it until i thought i got the drums sounding like he did and um and and uh, he was agreed he said i managed to get it close so that was that was kind of cool it's almost like i had like a um educational thing having Kevin mixed one of my songs and hearing how he did it. And I was able to A, B that and try to backwards engineer that and teach myself how to mix like that. So just working with him, I felt gave me a little bit of knowledge. And, um, and when I sent the tracks to the guys in the band, they couldn't tell which one was Kevin's and which one was mine. So <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'm doing this right. You know, what are your uh, touring plans as far as promoting the album? Uh, we're still booking updates uh, for the new year. Um, we've kind of been playing songs off the album and getting reactions this year. We played a lot of shows this year. We played shows with Lita Ford, Jackal, Randy Hansen, Derek St. Holmes. We just played a show with Gary Howey. We played some outdoor shows. We played some smaller venues and some stuff on our own as well. Um, and we have a show this weekend with a few of our friends, Johnny B and Ben Brandt. But uh, yeah, we plan on having a busy year next year as the dates are shaping up and we're hoping to expand beyond the region, hopefully too. Are you planning anything as big and ambitious as trying to play a full album show or a full double album show? You know, actually we talked about that and we actually have some ideas of how to make a lot where we could do, do a, an extended show where we play most of the songs off the record. Um, the whole thing is kind of getting people to know about what we're doing uh, so that we're, we're doing a lot of shows with other bands and, and doing a lot of opening uh, for established acts just so people will know who we are, you know, and I hope that, you know, when it starts to catch on, 
uh, we could put together, you know, like our own theater show and and bring the 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 whole show element to it and and do something that people want to see. But we won't. We don't want to do that too early because I feel like we're still kind of building. You know, although you know, Candlelight Red had its own fan base that was getting really big. You know, it's really kind of like starting over once you do another project. So we're kind of in the phase where we're building that up. So we hope to do that, but it's you know, right now I feel like our our we're best served kind of supporting other acts and and spreading the word. Must be interesting opening up for a band whose main instrument is a chainsaw in Jackal. I actually opened up for them in several other different bands years and years ago. I actually grew up in the same general area in South Carolina where uh, three of those guys were from. So, oh, yeah. uh, so I, I, I had done it before. So it, it was, it was, uh, it was cool to get to see it again. I'm so, I'm glad they're still going. It's so, uh, it's cool to see. And I feel like someone like Derek St. Holmes gets confused with the guy from Spinal Tap. <laughs> Derek yeah, St. Maybe, Holmes. yeah maybe so Derek St. Holmes was, was great though he did like so many lots of people don't know some of those Ted Nugent classics he actually sang you know and he said he still plays and sounds like like he always did that was that was really cool that last Whitford Holmes album he did was actually fantastic you know I've got to hear that I, I heard about that and I just haven't had time I, I, I need to sit down and listen to that because I'm a fan of Aerosmith and Brad Woodford and Derek. So that would be, I'd love to check that out. Um, you mentioned that uh, Candlelight Red isn't really an active band anymore, but I saw that they released an EP back uh, earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. We went in the studio for a week and pounded out. We went back in with Morgan Rose and pounded out a quick EP. And it was kind of one of those things is, you know, uh, like those other two guys that kind of got a lot of things going on. They're running their own businesses. Uh uh, new kids, <laughs> uh, new toddlers and stuff like that. And, and uh, they're pretty busy, but, you know, we wanted to just kind of give the back something to the fans that were, you know, cause I'll, it's funny, there's no promotion or nothing on candlelight red stuff. And I'll go on to Spotify and I'm like, this song has 2.7 million streams. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. So, you know, we, we thought it would be good to put out some new music and, and kind of, you know, I'm not, I don't want to say end on a high note because that sounds like we won't do it again. And the door is open where we, we very well could do it again. Um, but yeah, it's just making more music and getting out there and playing isn't really a priority for those guys at the moment, you know. But we're all, we all talk, we're all still friends. Uh, we're all have fond memories of everything that we did back in, you know, the early 2010s. And, and uh, it, it, it's, it's a great thing. It's just, you know, a lot of people, everybody kind of, you know, I, I noticed that like people outside music will often think that bands usually just get in a fight and break up, you know, and get an argument and break up or whatever. And I've had so many experiences over the last 20 years doing this where like everyone wants to play music, but sometimes life gets in the way. You know, sometimes you got to move. Sometimes you have a new kid or you have to go away and take away, take care of a relative. And sometimes it's just, you know, um, sometimes your family and your personal life comes first. And um, that that's kind of a, it's a lot more boring of a story than saying like, Hey, you know, well, the drummer and the guitar player got into a big fight and they threw a beer bottle and you know, that makes for good rock and roll um, storytelling. But, you know, a lot of times it's just, um, you know, I, I'm one of those rare breeds where I'm just like, 
I'm in this for life. You know, as long as I'm able to do it, I'll keep doing it. <laughs> you know. Do you do any guitar studio work or help out with any other bands? I mean, it's just I, you know, I've talked about doing it because it's one of, the, you know, ironically, me having to kind of learn how to do some of this the engineering on this record myself. You know, I picked up kind of a new skill and I talked to some of my friends about, you know, doing some EPs and some recordings for them. It's just, it's been, you know, a lot of work getting, you know, juggling. Actually, we've been doing a lot of gigging and trying to button up the record and, and get that finished and, and stuff. So um, who knows what the next year will hold. Maybe I will get into uh, doing a little bit of that working with other bands. Uh, but after after getting this done, I'm almost ready to go back to, you know, usually I have my friend Mike Ferretti do most of the engineering. I'm I hopefully next project I can just afford to go. Hey, Mike, can you just mix the whole thing? <laughs> I don't have time to do all this and play guitar, you know. Well, those are all the questions I have for you today, Jeremy. The name of the album is Saints and Souls, Volume One and Two. Volume One is out December 23rd, Volume 2, February 2nd. It's out on Deco Entertainment. The name of the project is the Jeremy Edge Project. Well, thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. Once again, I want to thank Jeremy Edge of the Jeremy Edge Project for coming on the Rock is George podcast. Be sure to check out his latest album, Saints and Souls. Volume 1 drops on December 23rd, 2022. And Volume 2 drops on February 2nd, 2023. Head over to your favorite music streaming platform. Check out what's available. If you like what you hear, go out and buy a physical copy. Support the artist. As Jeremy told you himself, this album is geared towards vinyl, so I would pick up one of those. For all things Jeremy Edge and the Jeremy Edge Project, head over to his Facebook page, facebook.com slash Music. I also want to thank Hadley Wolfram of Chipster PR and Deco Entertainment for making this interview possible. You've been great. I've been George Dion. I'll see you again soon.